This is the Monday, November 29th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. We've got you covered with a variety of action for the weekend. So settle in and we'll set you up in a little more than 10 minutes with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all new, better than ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. As you know, by now on a Monday, Tyler Fulgerman and Anita Marks ready to get you set for Monday Night Football. This affair... In the nation's capital, the Washington football team hosting the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson, Taylor Heineke, a struggling Seattle and Russell Wilson. Um, Even since he's come back, they have struggled. Pick'em is the uh, line here that we have at Caesars, a total that has crept from 46 and a half to 47 on this Monday morning. We'll get to props in just a second. But uh, as far as the side and total, Anita, how are you looking at this matchup? Yeah, I like Washington. I like Washington a lot. Uh, take them as a pick them. Uh, minus, I'd even play them at minus one. I also like the over in team total points for Washington. It's at 23 and a half right now, and you get that at minus 110. Also, I like the over in the game at 46 and a half. In some places, I think it's 47. Uh, listen, these two teams are on different uh, projections, right? Like Washington, they've won two and against good teams, Carolina and the Bucks, even though Carolina looked horrible against Miami yesterday, but Seattle's lost five of their last six, right? Like Washington, they've been different since the bye. And if you go back and you look at the history with Ron Rivera and his, his tenure and his time in Carolina, it's like, there's something, something that that coaching staff does. I don't know if it's that they don't take the week off and they make some whole, some, some changes uh, some maybe change some philosophy. I, I don't know, but Ron Rivera's teams typically do well after the bye week. We've seen Heineke. He's been great since eight, week eight, zero turnovers in the last two games. Tonight, they're expected to get Curtis Samuel back, possibly Logan Thomas. We'll see. I have a feeling that's going to be a game time decision. Meanwhile, for Seattle, bad rushing game. They're going to be one division, one dimi- one dimensional. They've got a tough time converting on third down. Uh, so I just, I think Washington a is the better team. I think they've got a lot more to play for right now. They're home Seattle traveling cross country. But again, I like the over because both these teams have uh, the opportunity. They've got enough talent in the passing game for some explosive passing plays. And both these teams have subpar secondaries. All right, Anita. I think this may be the first time in quite some time on Monday night that we are on opposite sides here. Um, Yeah, I know this. I'm I'm curious now to hear uh, which side Mike T, our buddy Mike Tannenbaum, is backing on bet today. Make sure you tune into that at 2.30 p.m. Pacific, 5.30 Eastern on ESPN's uh, digital platforms like Twitter, Facebook, and the uh, ESPN Sports Betting YouTube channel um, because he has been awesome on Monday Night Football. Usually Anita and I are aligned, but I'm on the other side here. I'm going to buy the dip on the Seattle Seahawks. And you make great points about how Washington has looked good coming out of the bye, especially that win against uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks, backing it up with a win against the Panthers on the road. And uh, they certainly look better as far as the recency bias. If we're just looking at recent trends, they definitely look better. But coming into the season, 
we certainly thought the Seahawks were going to be much better than the Washington football team. Now, it hasn't played out that way, but of course, the Russell Wilson injury is a big reason why Russell is as valuable as any quarterback, any player in the league to his team. And although Russell has not looked that great in his two games since coming back, again, I'm thinking that the bounce back is happening here against a Washington football team that is without Chase Young and Montez Sweat um, and doesn't put pressure on opposing quarterbacks and is allowing the highest QBR of any defense in the NFL to opposing QBs has allowed the second most passing touchdowns to opposing quarterbacks of any team in the entire NFL. So I think this is the get right spot for Russell Wilson and this passing attack. He doesn't have any running backs to lean on. Every running back is hurt. So as much as Pete Carroll may want to run the football, he really has no option but to put it in the hands of his best player, Russell Wilson and attack an awful Washington football team secondary, at least they have been all season long, with guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They don't have anyone in that secondary that can cover those two. So I think Russell Wilson is in line for a good game, a bounce-back spot. The look-ahead for this lot, this uh, game was Seahawks minus 2.5. It's a pick em at Caesars right now, so I think you're getting 2.5 points of value on the team that's actually better when they play their best game. And I think a bounce-back game is coming here from Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. So... I'm on that side. It's not one I love because of what they've shown, but I think um, with you know the public playing the Washington football team, I think they have something like 58, 59% of the tickets. But the Sharps, 69% of the money is on the Seattle team when I checked this morning. Um, I, I like uh, kind of zigging when everyone else is zagging here and buying the dip on the Seattle Seahawks against a Washington football team that has been good, no doubt about it, but I think uh, maybe a little inflated in the market. As far as the total is concerned, I'm not really going to bet it. I can see it going either way. I think seven of the last eight Seattle games have gone under, um, but the line is moving the opposite direction. And if I'm projecting Russell Wilson to have, you know, um, easier paths to success, that of course lends itself to points. So uh, I'm just going to stay away from the total because there's things pulling me in both directions and I don't have a good read on that either way. As far as props are concerned, I'll get mine out of the way here, Anita, and leave the floor to you, um, my leads, <laughs> my queen, because I know you're going to have a lot here. Uh, <laughs> as you can guess, uh, I I'm, I'm big on Russell Wilson. Uh, just one and a half touchdown passes is his um, – is his uh, number right now on the Caesars market. So I'm going to go over that again. I mentioned it only, I believe the Indianapolis Colts have allowed more passing touchdowns to opposing QBs and no team has allowed a higher QBR this season to opposing QBs than Washington. So this is a nut matchup for uh, Russell Wilson to get right, especially since he has all of his receivers and Gerald Everett has started to emerge as a reliable weapon as a tight end. So I'm going to go over one and a half passing touchdowns for um, Russell Wilson. On the other side, I'm going to go over a half interception for Taylor Heineke, I think he throws at least one pick in this game. He's got nine interceptions in 10 games played this season. He's thrown an interception in seven of those 10 games. So there's been some multi-interception games in there, obviously. And uh, I, I just think with it sitting at a half and not at one and a half, that's a, a little bit of value. Uh, as the juice will tell you, it's juice to minus 130. Uh, so that's where I'm going to go over there. Uh, again, I, I don't have which wide receiver is going to go off for Seattle. But again, I'm pro projecting some production in the passing game. Essentially, it's the same. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, five and a half receptions and basically like 65 and a half yards. They're both like almost identical in the market. So whichever one, if you have a lean, if you have a gut intuition telling you which one's going to go off, by all means play that. But I think one of these guys is going to go for at least, you know, six or seven catches, 80, 90, 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, I just, it's just so hard to tell which one is going to do it. 
Um, so if you have a lean there, I would urge you to, to strongly play that. If you're feeling real frisky, maybe uh, both are going over and all of Russell's production goes to those two guys. But um, I'm s- almost certain that one of them is going to cash the overs with his player props because I think Russell's going to allow that access. It's just so hard to tell which one is going to do it. So if you like grown-ass men, roll with DK. If you like guys who have those super spike games and have all that chemistry on deep balls, with Russell Wilson, go with uh, Tyler Lockett. But that's how I'm looking at this game in the prop market. Anita, how are you? I love the analysis. Grown ass men. That's certainly a apropos <laughs> for DK, isn't it? I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, so again, you know, since Tyler and I are on opposite sides here, uh, we obviously envision the game script to be different. Um, if you envision the game script to be what I envision, then these are the prop bets you want to make. If you're on Tyler's side of the coin, no pun intended, uh, then uh, then maybe you won't have as much conviction in my prop bets that I'm about to present to you. So uh, again, first and foremost, I think both these defenses play excellent against the run. Excellent. Uh-huh. They allow less than four yards per carry. Yep. I don't think, and, and neither of these backfields, let's, let's be honest, and you and I were on the fantasy football uh, pre, uh, you know, the uh, marathon where we had our, our our draft, and I was really big on Antonio Gibson. He has fallen way short this season. Uh, a lot, not the season I was anticipating when uh, when I I wanted to draft him in our uh, our mock draft. But nonetheless, neither of these teams in their backfields have done anything outrageous. Uh, this season. So I think both these teams are going to have to really put some points on the board through the air. So I like Heineke over one and a half touchdown passes over 243 and a half passing yards and over 32 and a half passing attempts. He's gone over 32 attempts six times this season. He has already over a hundred dropbacks since week eight. He's starting to feel more and more comfortable in this offense and so I do believe that this, that in order for Washington to win, they're going to have to throw the ball and they're going to have to throw it a lot tonight. Like I, I'm looking at possibly 40 passing attempts. That's, that's what I'm looking at for Heineke. Who's he going to pass it to? Terry McLaurin. He's got a phenomenal matchup. Uh, you've got some injuries in that secondary for the Seattle Seahawks, not to mention they were just horrific to begin with. Well, maybe horrific is a little extreme, but no, no, no bueno. No bueno, as Dougie likes to hear me say. Um, So I got Terry McLaurin over 66 and a half receiving yards, over five and a half receptions, anytime touchdown at plus 135. And here's a fun one for you. Terry McLaurin might score two touchdowns tonight. That's how much I love him. And you could get that at plus 750. I'm going to put a little coin on that. Uh, And as I said, uh, running backs, I'm going under here. J.D. McKissick, uh, he's been faded out. We've seen Gibson get a lot more volume as of late. And so you give volume to one player, you got to take away from another. So I'm going under 18 and a half rushing yards for McKissick. I'm going under 65 and a half rushing yards for Gibson. And this on the Seattle side, I'm with you with Russell Wilson. I'm on the over in receiving yards at 244 and a half. Not so much the touchdowns, but in the receiving yards, I am over. And uh, and also not sure exactly, you know, th- their backfield is a mess. Is Alex Collins going to start? Is DJ Dallas going to start? Are they going to split carries? I, I That's kind of what I feel is going to happen. I think it's going to be running back by committee, and neither of them scare me. So I, I'm, I'm going to wait until those prop bets uh, show, rear their ugly head because I think they're going to be pretty ugly. <laughs> and um, and, I, and I'm going to – if they're somewhere around, you know, 35 and a half, 32 and a half, I'm going to take the under 
Uh, and I have a feeling that the prop that more than likely that will show will be Alex Collins more so, more so, more so than DJ Dallas. So those are the prop bets I'm playing tonight, Tyler. Yeah, I, uh, I'm in line with some of the things you're talking about on the Washington football team side. I don't think there's anyone who can cover uh, Terry McLaurin, and I agree. Both these teams, you want they are pass-funnel teams. You do not want to run against them, uh, especially on the Seattle side when you're so shorthanded in the back field um you want to throw the football against them where you have better weapons and, and a much better matchup in terms of the attacking weaknesses on both defenses um real quickly before we get away from the nfl uh, i know you wanted to discuss the uh, thursday night game for the dallas cowboys in new orleans against the saints we know that mike mccarthy has tested positive uh for for covid and there may be more issues for that dallas team as far as players and coaches having to go on the covid list um they're coming off that rather shocking and disappointing Thanksgiving Thursday loss at home against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I'm looking at Caesars right now um, uh, in New Jersey, and I see the Cowboys are still favored by five and a half at New Orleans. Um, and some other shops have already dropped the point to four and a half. Um, so how are you maybe looking at uh, beating the market, finding some closing line value on uh, this Thursday night game? We'll see you in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, you know, I, I hate to talk about value uh, when you're talking about a team uh, that's uh, that, that's potentially on the verge of a COVID outbreak and everything. Again, just so folks know, we record this podcast around noon on Monday. So at the same time, Adam Schefter live right now at 12.23 p.m. is uh, is tweeting that there are now up to eight uh, Dallas employees. Now, are those coaches? Yeah. Are those players right. uh, that have now? And also Adam Schefter is reporting that uh, Mike McCarthy will not uh, be coaching in that game on Thursday. So, um, and one more caveat to this situation. I'm good friends with Mike Triplett, who does a phenomenal job covering the Saints. And there is a possibility that the Saints will go to Taysom Hill. And you know how much I'm a huge fan of Taysom Hill. So uh, I, I would throw some coin on this right now. At plus, if you could still get it at plus five, plus five and a half, uh, because I do believe his news continues to, uh, to, to break as we get closer to Thursday. Wouldn't be surprised if this line uh, drops to, uh, you know, three, maybe below oh, three, yeah. who knows, Oh yeah. you know, uh, especially God, God forbid Tyler, uh, that there's a uh, Dallas Cowboys players that, uh, that are infected. So, um, and, and I, and, and I do like where the, the, the saints are trending. If in fact they do go with Taysom Hill, I think Taysom Hill is, uh, 10 times the quarterback that Trevor Simeon is. So keep an eye on all that news as it, as it develops. And finally, uh, we've seen uh, some teams kind of oscillate in this NFL season, going from early season Super Bowl contenders now struggling. The Cowboys are one of those teams that got off to such a great start, but have you know struggled losing three over the last four. My Rams uh, have lost three straight games where Matthew Stafford has thrown a pick six on Sunday. It was against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, who just keep looking great. Uh, coming off that tight loss to Minnesota. They beat the Rams at home, and Rodgers, yet again, was looking fantastic. So uh, I know you wanted to discuss this, uh, Anita, who you think uh, provides the most likely chance or the best value in the futures market in the NFC for for uh, coming out of that conference or winning the Super Bowl? Yeah, listen, I, I don't – the Green Bay Packers are sitting at 9-3 and three right now. I know they lost to the Vikings, but that really – that was the one game, of course, that, you know, was was really crucial with, with Aaron Rodgers and his toe. And But they still took it to the limit, right? They lost 34-31. to 31. They manhandled the Rams yesterday. The, the, shore, the, the score does not indicate uh, just how dominant they were, 36-28. Um, you know, I, I, the Rams put up some scores, uh, some points later on. 
to, to get the Packers right now to win the Super Bowl plus 750, I think is really good money. This is a Packers team that is beating people, not just beating them, like I said, manhandling them, and they're not even healthy, right? Like Aaron Jones was not healthy. It was a, a, a big uh, A.J. Dillon game yesterday. But, like, you know, I, I know Jones was active, but wasn't his active, attractive self. There's some offensive line injuries. There's some injuries in the secondary. Like, and they're still, in my opinion, I think you can argue best team in the NFL. And so I, I just, I think right now, I think there's some really good value at getting on this Packers team at plus 750, especially Tyler. Boy, if if the Super Bowl, if the road to LA has to go through Lambeau Field in January, <laughs> whoa, forget about it. So uh, I, I think hashtag run, don't walk. I think there's some really good value right now. Yeah, of the you know top five, let's say the top five favorites to win the Super Bowl, you have the Bucks at plus five twenty-five, the Chiefs at seven uh, to one, the Packers you mentioned at plus seven fifty, the Bills at eight to one, and the Cardinals at nine to one. The Packers are by far my favorite pick out of that uh, five. Some they have the best quarterback, in my opinion, in the history of the NFL, and currently the league's reigning MVP and the quarterback who's playing the best quarterback in the NFL right now, and Aaron Rodgers um, is Kyler Murray's on the shelf. Josh Allen has been a little a scatter shot. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is starting to find his rhythm again, but we've seen Mahomes turn the ball over. And if, uh, Tom Brady's still Tom Brady, but no, you don't have to know me very long to know that I'll take Aaron Rodgers on my team six days a week and twice on Sundays over Tom Brady, um, if all else is uh, the same except for the quarterback position. So uh, I, I, I pick up what you're putting down there. Um, I just think there is still better value further down the board, um, even in the NFC itself. Um, I'm looking at uh, Caesars, New Jersey again, and the Cowboys are 13 to one. And I think if every team plays its A game, and of course, health matters here. Like if COVID issues continue to, you know, hurt the Cowboys, if you think that's going to be an issue in December and January, then certainly don't listen to this advice. If you don't think Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory are going to make it back, or if they're going to have injury issues to their wide receiver or offensive line. But if every team in the NFL has the uh, luxury of having their, every player available and every team plays each other with their a game. I think the Cowboys have the best combination of offense, defense and special teams in the entire national football league. So at 13 to one, I think there's some value right now in the Cowboys because I think the recent struggles can be explained by guys that have missed uh, time. And it's not because of serious injury. It's mostly because of COVID and things like that. Um, so I think there's value on the Cowboys. I don't want to sound like a Homer here, but, my Rams were once seven and one and had beaten the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, pretty handily at home, the reigning champs. Now the difference with the Rams is they will not have Robert Woods in the postseason. They're not going to get him back. And Robert Woods is as important a non quarterback to an offense of any player in the NFL because of what he's an offensive linchpin that allows Sean McVay to make everything look the same and then have Woods leak out after blocking or you run crossing routes or get deep. So that may not seem like a big loss because they just added Odell Beckham Jr. and they still have Cooper Cup. But I don't think people realize the things that um, Sean McVay would ask a Robert Woods to do. Oh, yeah, he's also a team captain and leader in the locker room as well. So what kind of intangible loss is that that you can't quantify? I don't know. But as far as, again, when teams play their best, 
with that A-plus talent they have, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, Von Miller on defense, and Odell Beckham, Cooper Cup, uh, Matt Stafford, Andrew Whitworth on offense. They may be getting Cam Akers back uh, for the postseason if they make it there. And Akers brings a different element to that backfield, I think, to kind of counter um, what some people are saying about the Rams is their weakness, that they're soft. They can't run the football. They can't stop the run. And if they get Cam Akers back and another no-name that, Anyone outside of L.A. may not know, but if you are a fan of the Rams, you realize how important he has been the last two years to making this team not soft and stout against the run. Tack, nose tackle Sebastian Joseph Day. If they can get those two players back, if you think those two players may be able to participate in the postseason, they allow the Rams access to that ceiling that had them looking like a legit Super Bowl contender at 7-1 and one earlier in the season. So I just think there's better value on those two teams there. But I do think, you know, football is a quarterback-driven sport. And the best quarterback I've ever seen with my eyes in the history of my time on this planet Earth, and certainly he's showing it again with his play with a you know broken, fractured toe right now and is the league's reigning MVP is Aaron Rodgers. So I'm picking up what you're putting down with the value potentially there on the Packers at plus 750. Woo! There it is. Uh, Post-Thanksgiving, Thursday and Sunday, Monday edition of Daily Wager. Always a lot of fun when Anita and I get on the mic. Hope you enjoy that we do give you um, comprehensive um analysis when we come on here certainly not um less than 10 minutes but again hope you enjoy it when the prop prince and the prop queen get on the mic that's it for today please do us a favor don't forget to rate review and subscribe if you're enjoying the show it helps us out tremendously and we'll talk to you tuesday on the daily wager podcast 